When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think a new team has arrived in the AFC West, and their name is the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. Herbert stops, launches deep. Jalen Guyton, he's got it! Herbert fires open, making the grab. Mike Williams down the sideline. 17-yard line, look out again! Car intercepted. And we're back with another episode of the Shock Therapy Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Lawrence, at LAC Master Bowl. We got Zach Alfers here coming back from tour. How are you doing, Zach? <laughs> uh, I'm tired, but, you know, uh, long week. But I am so excited for football again. It, those Thursdays, and then you have to wait 10 days to get back to football. Seems so long. Um, but I'm glad we got a football game to watch next week. We got a lot of good college football tonight. So I'm a football fan. I'm happy. Yeah, it's a great time. You see Albert Pujols hit his uh, his 700. Oh, my gosh. That's such a, a great thing in sports to kind of see. I love moments where it's like huge accomplishment, you know, milestone that only four people, three people had ever hit before. And wow, man, what a what I love sports. How can you not be romantic about sports? Especially baseball, it's it's kind of weird like that, right? Like, because it's gone for so long and there's always like the most obscure like stats, but like that's a big one. Only the third guy to enter the 700 home run club and the only guy of the guys in that club to hit 699 and 700 in the same game. But awesome. What an amazing player. Um, there's a lot of talk that he's a lot older than he is because during that era, a lot of Latino players would forge their birth certificate saying that they were 18 when they were 15, 14. He's never came out to actually say how old he is, but there's a lot of talk thinking that he's like 45, 46. So that's an old man out there swinging the bat still. Uh, I think he's about to hang it up soon, but a really outstanding career that we got to uh, experience. Yeah, and it's crazy he hit two of them in the game to go and get it against the Dodgers, which nobody likes yeah. the Dodgers. Like... No, that's fun. That's fun. That. It there is it fun. I'm, I'm so there. happy for the guy. So <laughs> happy too. for the guy. So, and then he uh, he even got to um, the first person's hand that he ended up uh, giving a high five to was uh, um, Adrian Belt- Beltre. There you go. Did you see, see that? and no, I didn't. I didn't. I only watched like the. Like, it came across like my ESPN ticker, and like I saw like the the. I just saw the um, highlight of it, so I didn't. I wasn't actually watching, but uh, that just. Br- Respect right there. Like Beltre's been in the game for a long time too. Hell of a player himself. Um, different player, but a hell of a, a player. So, and they, 
at that point. It's like all those that guys, Dominican Republic. Um, that you know, and those guys play so many baseball games. Like they are seeing, they play a game a day, 180 over across the you know their season. So they they're all buds at the end of the day. They're, they're it's a it's a you know a fraternity out there, and so they take care of. How's themselves, your baseball team doing? My pods. Not uh, not the Padres. Well, I'll be at a game on on Tuesday next week. The the first of that last series of the um the Dodgers game you, coming up. So I'll be about... there on Tuesday. Uh, it's a real type race to get into playoffs right now. There's three teams that are kind of neck and neck, and Padres went in that five game win streak, which was huge for them. That was big. Yeah, they need. And it's crazy, you know. Even no Tatis, uh, even with you know Hater not being. Uh, super productive since he's been in there and even um you know josh bell not really hitting like we were expecting him to that's still a really good talented team at the end of the day with no expectations like those are the most dangerous teams come october like do you remember the that dontrell willis florida marlins run they got in as a wild card and end up meeting the you know the yankees in the world series like it baseball is fun like that because you just need to get hot at the right time and it seems like Padres are building the momentum at the perfect time. All right. Well, let's get into some football. I was talking about your team sure. in terms of your uh, your job. Your uh... Oh, those th- that team, um, we're almost done. We have our last three games Monday through Wednesday. Um, not making the playoffs, but they set a record this year for the most um, call-ups to the Giants. So successful in, in one regard, maybe not in the win-loss column, but it, it's a fantastic year. I'm, I'm ready for uh, 2023. Am I lagging a bit? No, you're not. You're good. Okay. All right. Let's get. Let's talk about some football, though. All right. Let's talk about some football. So let's just start at the injury report. Uh, Keenan mm-hmm. Allen, Justin Herbert, uh, Corey Lindsley, uh, Trey Pipkins, and Donald Parham are all questionable. Corey Lindsley is actually doubtful. J.C. Jackson, I think they've already made the decision that he's not going to play. The big mm-hmm. one is Justin Herbert, whether or not he's going to play. I know he didn't practice on Friday. They gave him an extra day of rest to see if they can uh, get him as healthy as he can be. I, I gotta ask, like, what's, what's your thoughts? Cause it seems like the fan base is pretty split play Herbert. Don't play Herbert. Where are we, yeah. where are we at as a, a podcast on, on the, uh, the pendulum here? Yeah. Um, well, I'm what I have read and what I've understand is that with his injury, um, it's just a waiting game. It, it, there's no way that he can possibly make it worse. He's not really going to prolong it. Um, the only way he can heal is extended rest, which you're not going to be able to get in an NFL season. Um, so I think you got, you, you, you're going to let him go. If, as long as he can handle the pain, um, That's I think that's where we're at right now is how much pain can uh, Justin Her- Herbert endure. Um, so if he's ready to go, then I think you got to rock with him. Um, because it's not something that's going to get better over the course of the season. This is going to be a re- reoccurring uh, topic we talk about, I think, through the end of the year, um, unless he just goes out and becomes, you know, that superhuman that we have we have seen these last couple of years. Um, but I think you got to rock with him. There, there's no really possibility of making it worse. Um, I think another big key of whether or not he plays is who's, who's healthy on that offensive line. Are we going to get Trey Pipkins back? I don't think Corey – Corey Lindsay's doubtful, so we'll probably see a little Will Clap. Is Filer going to be better than he was against the Chiefs? Um, I think all of those also kind of factor into to Staley and the Chargers' decision. Yeah, the offensive line health is going to be super important in the, the coming weeks. Uh, in terms of Justin Herbert's injury, 
So what a rib block is, it's it's like a it's almost like a lidocaine shot. So it just numbs. So he's not gonna feel any pain. Uh I did see that Tyrod Taylor is suing the I saw uh, that. <laughs> suing the um the doctor who gave him the rib block that ultimately punctured his lung and I don't think he'll ever start a football game again. Um, so I did see that. I'm not really too worried about, you know, uh, a re re injury or something similar like that happening. That's such a, a one off, you know, a, a right. one in every thousand shots that you give something crazy is going to happen like that. So I'm not really too worried about it in terms of the health. Um, re-injuring it isn't going to be something that's going to happen. I think that they're just going to give him a rib block. Uh, it's it's literally a nerve block. So they're blocking yeah. the nerves from providing pain to the rib. Um, so I think he's going to go. Um, an extra week of healing. This is, this is going to be a, a three to four month process of healing. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to ever get healed because he's going to take hits. It's just going to happen regardless. Right. It's his play style and everything else. So um, if this would have happened at halftime, they probably would have gave him the rib block and he would have played just as well as he did. Uh, JC Jackson being out is going to hurt. A little interesting that he is so sore. I mean, granted, he he only took like two weeks off after the surgery. So you think that his body's still in football shape, something else to monitor there. Um, Is this, a setback or is this uh, a new injury? Um, I, don't, I don't really know what's going to go on with JC Jackson there. Corey Lindsley being out hurts, uh, but Trey Pipkins was a full participant at practice on Friday. So I think he's going to go That's good. Uh, Donald Parham. This might be the week that we see him back. Can't and wait. Then, uh, and then Keenan Allen arm. should be back. I'm expecting Keenan Allen to be back. I feel like the hamstring thing isn't going to be a, a lingering issue, right? It, he had a whole, 10 days off yeah uh more he had more than 10 days off because he didn't play that thursday game so right he should be good to go uh for the jaguars just shaquille griffin hip injury was limited on friday just kind of popped up on the injury report uh they're a healthy team and they're a much much better much more well coached team they just shut out the colts like can we talk about that for a sec it's pretty crazy um well i think first my first question do you think the Jaguars, who, what do you think is more, or do you think the Jaguars are just that good, or do you think the Colts just played a, a bad game, or do you think it's a combo kind of somewhere in the, the middle? The Colts are, what is going on in that organization right now? So yeah. that team has the best young running back in, in the NFL right now. In terms Absolutely. of, like, at his age, like, that dude is a stud. I can't think of his name right now. Um, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is just killing it. Like he is so freaking good, but they have really struggled to get their run game going. The Maddie Ice experiment looks like it's, a downgrade from what they had last year with Carson Wentz, which is yeah. terrible. Like that is his arm is turning into jello. He's making bad decisions. They're struggling to keep him standing up because their offensive line is not played well. And this is a, a an offensive line that everybody thought was like really, really good. Right. Quentin Nelson. Right. They should be um, that. That's the thing. You look at this roster. This is just a roster that that's way underperforming for the, the talent that's assembled because there are some talented. amazing players. And I, I think they're way too talented to, to continue on this path. I think they're going to, you know, turn it around here soon, but 
it, it really only takes a couple weeks for you to be, you know, completely removed in a 17 game season. It doesn't take much. So they don't get it back on the, you know, track soon. Um, they can get buried in, in a not very competitive division right now in the AFC South, something we thought was going to be a little better. But the AFC South in general, you know, Titans struggling out the gate. Um, Texans kind of don't know really what to expect from those guys either. Um, and then what is the, the other team over in the AFC South? Uh, the uh, Texans, the Titans, uh, the Jaguars. Jaguars. And then another unpredictable team. Like the, the AFC South is so confusing right now. Yeah, the Titans are struggling. The Everybody's struggling, it seems like, in that, that division. It's... I don't know what's going on. That, that whole a, AFC South is a wild card. I think anybody could win it, to be honest, including the Jaguars. The, the, these first two couple weeks have been so bizarre. I think no team, honestly, looks good minus the, the Bills. The Bills are legit, I think, heads over heels over any team right now in the NFL. Um, and, I, and then it just doesn't – and then everyone else is kind of struggling. Like, the Packers are kind of – are struggling you can go down the list like everybody who we thought was going to be a playoff contender uh not looking so good has a lot of things to work on um you know Niners just losing their quarterback having to pivot uh, at the last second because of that injury like there's there's a lot going on in the NFL uh which makes this league so fun to follow and in terms of the Jaguars we're talking about the Colts having this monstrous run game supposedly the Jaguars ranked number three the third best rush defense in the NFL right now, they got some playmakers on that defensive side of the ball. Devin Lloyd's Absolutely. playing really well. They got mm-hmm. Trayvon Walker has Walker. been like a really, really fun addition for them. He's been wrecking havoc in the backfield opposite Josh Allen. Um, that This team is much, much better coached. Maybe even like some of their skill position players, they got two really good running backs over there. Uh, James mm-hmm. Robinson's been kind of leading the, the, the pack there, but uh, Travis Etienne has had made his fair share of plays. And then Christian Kirk came out of nowhere and he just came a wide receiver one who has been yeah. really dangerous, really, really dangerous for them. Uh, Trevor Lawrence seems to be progressing. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely had his down season last year, not to his fault by any means. Now that he has a competent coaching staff, he's got some playmakers. Their offensive line is a little bit better. Brandon Sharif was a huge pickup for them in this off season. I think that this Jaguar seems a lot more dangerous than people are giving them credit for. Uh, just overall, I think that they loaded on some real heavy defensive line talent. Falatsu, uh, Fatsukasi, uh, Devon Hamilton is coming into his own. Roy Robertson has been coming into his own. They got some young studs. I talked about Devin Lloyd and Trayvon Walker. Uh, even in their secondary, having uh, Tyson Campbell, who's been playing really well and bringing in Darius Williams. Across the board, this roster is a much, much better team than they were Mm -hmm. a season ago. The last five years, I mean, the Jaguars have been a dumpster fire for so long. So long. Like, since Maurice Jones-Drew, Byron Leftwich, like, those are the last guys that had, you know, were... Those are the last guys in-house when they were competitive. Um, And that was, I don't know, I was in grade school still. Right. Uh, Going across their top offensive graded players, Christian Kirk, uh, 78.4. They have a backup tight end on there. I'm not really going to talk about him. Zay Jones, 68.1. James Robinson, 67.7. They got enough players on that offensive side of the ball to to be kind of dangerous. 
um, where I just talked about Trevor Lawrence. But Trevor Lawrence finally looks like the franchise quarterback that they wanted him to be last year due to the terrible <laughs> head coach that they hired last season. Um, what, what's his uh, name? Urban. Ur- yeah, Urban kicking kickers and doing all kinds of what weird, a- crazy sh- Yeah. I can't wait for that documentary to come out that 30 for 30 or, or whoever gets a hold of that. Cause that's going to be insane. What a downfall of one of the talked about as one of the greatest college coaches of all time gets one shot and just completely botches it. <laughs> it's so that, that story is so crazy to me. So they run a lot of play action and they use their running backs a lot. James Robinson. Wow. He is Maurice Jones-Drew. He's got that same build. He's kind of that smaller smaller, guy, right? Like, he really reminds me of Maurice Jones-Drew. So I think that is probably their X factor on the offensive side of the ball because he does it through the air. He does it on the ground. He's shifty. He's got some power. Uh, I think he's probably their best offensive player, even above Christian Kirk. I think Christian Kirk has just had – a lot of targets. Uh, I want to say he had like 18 targets last week. So he's definitely a a player that you have to keep an eye on, but I feel like this offense runs through James Robinson. Oh yeah. Very similar statures actually. MJD is 5'7", 207. Robinson walks around 5'9", 219. So very similar. Low guys, hard to tackle. can get involved in the passing game. Um, some guy I, I drafted really high last year in my fantasy drafts who, because of that shit show that was the Jaguars organization last year, didn't really, you know, was dealing with some injuries and then did not perform very well. And he is coming out of the gates red hot. You know, Travis Etienne was supposed to be the, the hands down starter. Um, James Robinson's making that very, very hard for the Jaguar coaching staff to go away from him because he, like I said, is on fire right now. He's only averaging 3.8 yards per carry, but he's being super efficient picking up first downs. He's he's yeah. also a threat to break away. Like if he finds a a, a running lane and he hits it, you're not going to catch him from behind. He's not like a, a 4-3 guy by any means, but he's got enough juice. Uh, he's got enough horsepower to just not get caught and stay ahead of the pack. Um, Travis Etienne is another big play maker for them. Been doing it mostly through the air for them. But he's averaging 5.2 yards per carry, so he's being super efficient with his carries. Uh, And then he's also a threat through the air. He's got five catches for 51 yards. Uh, They haven't really unlocked him all the way yet, but he's definitely a a player that uh, is going to be a really good role player for them. They still have him under contract for the next three seasons. Um, And then you just look at everything that he did at Clemson. Like He was the second-best running back last season behind Najee Harris and he's just not getting the same opportunities as Najee but I think that he's more dynamic and with what he can do when you look at Najee you're looking at kind of like a a, a smaller Derrick Henry it's the guy who's got a lot of power um Najee's fun to watch I, I I'm hoping the Steelers can get it around because he's fun to watch when he has a full head steam and he gets to run the football I really like Najee Harris yeah so Travis Etienne a little bit different kind of a player uh, a player that's really a threat out of the backfield when you're, you know, throwing screens his way and stuff like that. So those are what? two guys you got to monitor there. Uh, Christian Kirk has 12 receptions, 195 yards. That ranks ninth highest in the NFL right now. So he is their go-to guy. Um, 
He's got two touchdowns of his own. He's got four big plays uh, that he's been credited. And he's been a threat run after the catch. He's got 80 uh, of the 195 yards. He has 84 of them come after the catch. So big, big player for them. A big sign that everybody was laughing at the contract that he got. Like, how did this guy, who is the the third wide receiver on the Colts uh, Cardinals last season, is turned into a legitimate threat for this offense? He's he yeah he's earning his money um, and he's playing really well. I don't think it's just like a fluky couple of games. Christian Kirk is a legit receiver, showing why he got the money he got. Um, interesting, just taking a look at that receiving core. I don't think they've drafted any of those guys. I know Zay Jones. Zay Jones wasn't drafted. Evan Jones came over from the um, the Giants. Zay Jones came over from the Raiders last season. Marvin Jones has been on the team for a while. Yeah, but he was a bit uh, on. I'm, I'm saying lion. like he, he wasn't drafted. Yeah, Jamal yeah, Agnew. He was a, uh, Jamal Agnew. He came Jamal from Detroit Ag- too. Jamal Agnew came from Detroit. Mm-hmm. Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Now, the most unique thing about Sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever won in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART. Yeah, so they haven't drafted. All those guys have been free agent acquisitions. That just, um, it, it, that's just interesting. I, I You don't really see Dan that. Arnold came over from the Panthers. They traded for him last year. Yeah, not a single one of those guys on their receiving core outside of their running backs have been yeah, homegrown. Ingram, too. Uh-uh. Just interesting, something to monitor. Uh, I guess pretty effective, though, to go grab all of those guys uh, in free agency. Because looking at that, I, that's a good, that's a good receiving core. I wouldn't say great in any means. I think it's you know an elite, you know, top five, top ten guy from being really, really good, but solid across the board. Very underrated group, I think. You throw Evan Ingram in that equation, um, yeah, you know, what, Trevor. Trevor Lawrence has, has some options out there. Uh, he just needs some time um, to get the ball out. And that offensive line with Brandon Scherf in town, they they just drafted that their new center. Uh, Luke Cam Fortner. Robin. Yeah. Luke Cam Fortner looks beast. pretty good himself uh, as a, as a uh, I think he was like a late second round pick. Um, he's taken over in place of Tyler Shatley, who started Shatley, all last season. That's big. I mean, that's huge. Uh, yeah, only been in house for a couple of months now, but th- yeah, to over to overtake Tyler Shatley as a as a young, I think third round pick. Uh, regardless, yeah, um, he's been playing really well, and so this team. I, I know we were kind of laughing about it. I think on Thursday, like, oh yeah, this is going to be a blowout, and then I don't think anybody was expecting um, the twenty four 
of shellacking that the Jaguars gave the Colts. But this is a, a good football team um, that that I think people are sleeping on for the most part. Yeah, I went back and watched some of their game film. Um, they played the the Commanders really close. They did, uh, and it wasn't until Scary Terry made that huge play towards the end of the yeah. game that really put that away. Trevor Lawrence had maybe a minute left to go and march down the field. Ended up throwing uh, a last second interception, uh, but they were pretty close to winning that game. This team could be two and zero right now. Uh, and then we're talking about their offensive line. I think Cam Robinson has been a quality. Average to just above average offensive tackle for them. Juwan Taylor, maybe not the best in pass protection, but he is a mauler and a huge human being. I think he's like 350 pounds. Kind of like a, like, I I still feel like his best position is at guard, but in terms of like a a legitimate mauler, a a guy who's moving guys off the line of scrimmage, Juwan Taylor's extremely strong. He's huge. Uh, I don't think we're going to have any problems with him, with our edge rushers, just because of who we are. But he is somebody that when he gets his hands on you in the run game, he's opened up huge rushing lanes for you. Yeah, absolutely. And that has to get ATN Robinson excited to run behind a, a, a big bruiser like Taylor. Um, and then beyond that, like I really think their running back room is really deep over there in Jacksonville. You know, just drafted Snoop Connor in the fifth round. And then they have Jamichael Hasty kind of just waiting in, in the background. Like, that's not a, a no-name back. Like, that guy could still play some football. I know he's been dealing with some injuries the last couple of seasons, but Jamichael Hasty is still a good football player, too, that he's not going to see the field because there's just so much talent ahead of him on the depth chart. Uh, moving on to their defensive side of the ball, their top-graded defenders right now. Josh Allen has an 89.9 defensive grade. Uh, he's got two sacks, uh, six total pressures, and really come onto his own in the run game. Already has five stops in two games. Uh, Adam Gotsis, who's kind of a rotational interior guy for them, 79.8. Uh, Devon Hamilton, who has been kind of like a, a, a near bust, has kind of come onto his own. Uh, he's got himself three stops himself. He's got two pressures, not really much of a pass rusher, but as a nose tackle, as a guy who's controlling the line yeah. of scrimmage, he's really come into his own as well. And then they got some really young talent. So you're talking about Devin Lloyd, who leads the team in tackles right now. Um, Chad Muma, uh, as a third edge rusher, Kalavi and Chasen, uh, that's, that's probably one of the best rotational edge rushers uh, for a, a true number three that you're going to find Fatsukasi and Robert Harris uh, as two other guys who have been able to kind of help control the line of scrimmage. I think that the defensive line of this uh, team is extremely strong, but Devin Lloyd, I think is going to turn into one of the best linebackers in the NFL very, very soon. Um, he has played extremely well. I think he ended up scoring in the nineties last week against uh, the Colts, which is why, the Colts really struggle to get the run game going because he fills gaps quickly and in a hurry. I think that this defense is much, much better than people are giving them credit for. Uh, Devin Lloyd is their top graded run defender, 86.3. So only has one missed tackle through two games, six stops himself. Uh, In pass coverage, uh, he's allowed six receptions on eight targets, but uh, one of them was a 57-yard run after the catch. So 65 yards. And and one of those came on one big play where he missed it. So 
those receptions he's given up are going to be for like one or two yards. He's keeping everything in front of him and he's closing click clack in a hurry. Also has an interception and two pass breakups. So really, really good player. Kind of what is the, uh, I, I guess if you're the chargers, we're assuming that Justin Herbert's going to be playing. What is your game plan here? Like, where are you going? I mean, I, you know, my, my initial, my initial thought is like, you got to get, I think we're at the point where we are so inefficient running the football that everybody knows, like nobody's biting on play action. They they're not worried about it. Um, so I think, we, but against a, a you know, a, a defensive front like this, all those guys you mentioned, really great run defenders up there. Uh, we are struggling to move the football as an offense have some injuries at key positions. Some of our best run blockers are, are not 100% right now. Um, so for me, you got to get the – what is the other staple of Lombardi offense? It's the short passes to open up the big pass. So I, I think we got to see more screens. The screen game has been so underutilized this season, but it's been effective. Every time we run a screen, we're getting good yardage. Um, well, not every time. There's a couple. But, like, for the most part, the, the, uh, the effect – that play has been effective for us and I have not seen it nearly enough as I would like. Um, Cause you got some really good run after the catch guys that just have not been able to get the ball. I'm talking about Austin Eckler has not been able to get out in space. Evan or um, what is it? Gerald Everett. DeAndre, has been Carter, has been DeAndre Carter. Like we have some guys who can take the, you know, take it to the house at any point in the field. Um, so I, for me, the obviously you want to come in and get the run game going. I don't think this is the defensive front to really use that game plan. So my pivot is short passing game, lots of screens. Let's get these playmakers the ball in space um, and make and and enforce Jaguars to make some plays on the on the perimeter because I think that's where um, you want to exploit these guys because in the middle they are very very strong and stout defense. I do think that they're strong, but I still feel like the short game here is just not working in our favor this week because I think Devin Lloyd has played really really well. And I think that when you look at some of their corners, uh, outside of Tyson Campbell, I mean, Darius Williams is going to be more of a slot player for them right now. I, I really think that you can kind of test them deep. We know Rayshon Jenkins has had some issues in the past, in, in past coverage. Um, I think this is a game, especially with, you know, Justin Herbert's health kind of in limbo right now. I think that we kind of just prove them wrong and we go deep and we, we test them out deep. Um, I think that's kind of the game plan here. I think this is not a good game to kind of build up your run game against. Um, I do want to see our rookie running back get some carries. Yes. Finally. I know he's been uh, kind of a game time decision, not dressing. I don't think that that's the correct answer. I think we need to get him moving. But in, in the grand scheme of things, I think that where you're going to attack this defense is going to be through the air. And I think that you're going to get some shots deep. Tyson Campbell's a real young, young corner. Test them. Test them against some of our deep threats. And let's go ahead and get our uh, our speed threat involved in the game plan a little what? bit. Because it uh, had like six snaps this season. Yeah. Our, uh, <laughs> granted, he hasn't been the best player in the world, but he has a knack for getting open deep down the field. I'm talking about... Um, uh Guyton. Jalen Guyton. Jalen Guyton has had no opportunity in this offense. 
and I get that DeAndre Carter has kind of leaked them on the depth chart. Yeah, but we need to get some some, and that's what everybody's asking for. Everybody wants to see the deep ball. Everybody wants to see Justin Herbert air it out, and we just haven't been doing it. Um, everybody's been really calling for for Joe Lombardi's job over it. Um, I, I know some of the play calling decisions have been a little interesting. Some of the fourth down decisions or I would say non-fourth down decisions that we've been right. making. Um, I think this is a game where you kind of air it out a little bit, get out to a big lead, uh, and force this team away from the run, which is I kind of their that. strength. Yeah, you don't want to that, – that is fair because you really do not want to – for the same reasons I was saying we re, don't really want to – you don't want to get in a running battle with this team. I think they are, are more equipped um, at this point. They have a lot more rhythm, and that's all – that the the running game is all about rhythm, which we have none of right now, and they're rolling. So um, good game to to you know test that run defense that is much improved from last season. And when are we going to get a Sebastian Joseph Day sighting? Can we get a, a game from Seabass soon? Because um, that guy not not saying he's not playing bad, uh, but he has not been a, a major impact over the first couple of games. So I'm rating for a, a big. Seabass game up in the middle because I, I think they're going to test that run early and often. Um, you can shut them down, make force Trevor Lawrence to throw the ball, uh, able to keyhole them in some key situations and let Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa do their thing. Um, I, I, I kind of like your your game plan a lot more. Yeah, I want to see us force them to play from behind and make Trevor Lawrence become why they drafted him and see if you can get some turnovers out of it. Uh, it is a little concerning that we're not going to have J.C. Jackson out there, but I'm I'm very comfortable with our our, our secondary uh, with the the secondary that we do have, uh, and they got some guys that can take some deep shots down the field. Zay Jones can get open downfield. Jamal Agnew is extremely fast, and he is a threat, especially in the return game. So that's something you have to monitor. Mm-hmm. What is our coverage units going to look like uh, on the kickoff and punt? Because Agnew, I think, returned two last season for touchdowns. Um, he's 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 a dangerous player to have back there. Uh, so we need to make sure we're we're still covering. Um, haven't had any issues with our punter this season. So let's just continue to to kick it high and and let our coverage teams get out there. So uh, in terms of the Jaguars overall statistics so they're averaging 23 points a game which ranks 12th best in the nfl right now uh they are running the ball on 42 percent of their total snaps Whoa. which is interesting when they got up to a 21-0 lead and they're so they are passing the ball more than than you'd expect them to um 50 pass per play percentage and then in terms of their run defense they rank fourth in opponent's Rushing yards per game, three point uh, three point four yards average is what they're they're allowing their their um, what they're allowing, which is just incredible. Three point four yards per carry is insane, but through the air, they're right average uh, yards per game. They're ranked at about fifteenth. Um, passing yards a game, sorry, two hundred thirty four yards passing per game. Uh, that ranks seventeenth against a really terrible. Colts uh, pass offense is is what that is right now. Um, So they haven't been able to get turnovers uh, through the air as much. Um, Yeah, I think that you attack them through the air is is kind of what I'm looking at here. Well, and testable. I mean, 
testable. There, there's some good DBs back there, but um, you know, anybody that you need to completely avoid, um, like a Darius Slay or or a Jalen Ramsey, uh, I don't think so. I think all of these guys are are testable. Uh, I I respect them. I think they're a good bunch, but um, they're not. It's not a group that you know instills fear in me in any way. No, definitely not. For the Chargers, uh, they are averaging 24 points a game. That ranks 11th best. Uh, 378 yards per game. That's 10th best. Uh, they are rushing on 40% of their total offensive plays, 60%. Uh, and then also, Justin Herbert's completing 71% of his passes. That's fifth best oh. in the NFL right now. 71. Granted, everybody wants to see them kind of air it out, but we've been very, very efficient in the short stuff um, overall. Uh, we are, what else? For takeaways, uh, we've generating 1.5 per game. That's ranks 10th. Uh, and then 7th in interceptions thrown, which is kind of irrelevant with just two games. So I'm not really too worried about that. One thing I do want to point out, though, uh, penalties per play. We ranked 6th mm. best. So we have been keeping the penalties at bay defensively a little bit more though uh 28th so not a whole lot of penalties on the offensive side of the ball but we are having a lot of penalties on the defensive side of the ball um yeah that's uh that's about it for the statistics that i got what are your thoughts on this game how's this gonna go uh i i I have a kind of feeling that this one's gonna be ugly you know superstar quarterback not not 100 percent you know playing a, an up-and-coming, a young team who wants to prove themselves. I think this is going to be a battle. Um, and I, I think it's going to be like a 24-20 um, last-second kind of field goal. Um, and, and that's what I'm going with. Chargers take this one, go 2-1 and one, um, on a last-second field goal. But I think this is going to be a grinded-out, sloppy football game. Um, but you – to be where we want to be, you got to kind of you have to win these kind of games. I think we got in a similar kind of slugfest lot uh, on Thursday. Um, thought we were a better team for most of that. Chiefs got it done. So hopefully we can take a little, you know, flyer out of their playbook and uh, we're it's going to be nasty football. I'm not expecting anything pretty, um, but that that sometimes those are the, some of the most fun games. So I think we're in for a treat. A game that I was not expecting much. I think is going to be pretty damn exciting. I will say that. Nobody's interested in attending this game. So I've been looking at season ticket prices. Well, yeah. just ticket prices for this game. They're going for like $120. Really? Um, you can, yeah, it's it's very – not a game that nobody wants. I'm not even going to this game just because it's just not a team that I'm very interested in seeing live. But I feel like this is one of those games that's shaping up for us to lose. It just feels that way. It just feels like one of those like let, let down – learn from it and come back and come back with some anger next week. That, and, you know, it just feels little... like this is one of those games that's being set up for us to lose with some of the injuries we've been having. Um, we have two players that are banged up on the offensive line. Matt Filer has not played ex- that all that well. Zion Johnson has been a nice pickup for us. Like he's been playing pretty well. But between him and Rayshon Slater, you got other three other pieces on offensive line that are not playing up to par. Will with Will Clapp, I'm just not very interested in seeing Will Clapp play right now. Um, no, well, yeah, and it is, as 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 backups go, he's not bad by any means. But 
going from the best to a backup is significant, especially with what we're going to do. Corey Lindsley is so important to the Chargers offense. He does so much control at the line of scrimmage, calling out blitzes, Would you calling agree? out the pass coverage. Would you agree that he's the second most important player on that Chargers offense behind Justin Herbert? In terms of like setting things up pre-play, he definitely is. Um, you know, shifting the, the pass protection left or right, calling out blitzes. I mean, he's a very vocal guy on that offensive yeah. line, especially last he's season. He's a phenomenal player. Justin Herbert is coming into his own to, to do those types of things, but where is he at on that? I, I don't really know. I haven't really seen it. Something you should probably look at film. How did that How did that change when Will Clapp came into the game? Was Will Clapp making those calls? Uh, was it Justin Herbert? Um, I don't know. It's going to be something interesting to watch. It feels – I still think the Chargers are, are the better team. They should pull it out. But it feels like one of those games is going to get dropped. Just well, feels that way. I hope I'm wrong. We've just been conditioned for a lifetime to expect that, right? I, I Yeah. I, we haven't chargered away many games in, in recent past. And I, I think I think Staley, out, out of all of, you know, if not more than the players, um, that dude is, is angry that he's one and one right now. I don't think he – I think he we shouldn't just, be. I mean, when you look at be. this Chiefs game, we had three turnovers that got returned. That, so it's the, like the interception. It was. It. it I'm, we I'm overpowered the Chiefs. Now we did. Um, yeah, we completely overpowered the Chiefs. We there's no way we should have dropped that game. We were driving in to go up by an extra score, and we ended up throwing a pick six. Like huge. Tw- yeah, huge swing. Um, but I think that angers this team. I, I think they they also think they have a little bit to prove. You know, a, a, a team that a lot of the media uh, thought was going to be a, a Super Bowl contender hasn't proved it yet. So um, starts one week at a time. I, I want to put a full, complete football game together because um, I, I think we're going to need it. I don't I don't think this one's going to be pretty. No, definitely not going to be a pretty game by any means. But let's go out and let's get a W. I'm going to be – uh, uh, smoking some ribs starting in the morning. So I'm ready for this game. Let's go. Let's go. All right. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Uh, over and out.